Hi, I'm Ian Whitaker, city analyst and host of JCT Co Digital Changemakers podcast. The podcast that showcases industry research and insights to inspire senior marketeers to push the boundaries on their marketing strategies and become change agents in their organization. Last month, I had an impactful conversation with Lydia Omoa, author of the Black Pound Report regarding the opportunity for brands to invest in Black, Asian, and multi-ethnic audiences to the tune of £252 billion in disposable income, and the response was positively overwhelming. In this podcast, we want to continue that conversation by bringing to you two examples of businesses who have launched programs to convert this opportunity. We've seen a clear willingness by brands to expand their ethnic representation, but do they really understand the commercial opportunity that comes with the shift in mindset? And if they did, would they progress more faster? The data suggests that this approach could be a win-win for brands and is gaining momentum, as we see major players blazing a trail into this underrepresented audience. I'm delighted to be joined by two commercial and thought leaders in this space. Precious Olade from the Google Startup Black Founders Fund, who have grown their fund from £5 million to £34 million in a very short space of time. And I'm also joined by Tant Katachanis from JCDCo Reach, a new program designed to support brand growth for Black, Asian, and multi-ethnic brands, helping them scale and grow by reaching their chosen target audiences through the power of the public screen. What can big brands learn from the movers and shakers of small businesses in this space? Today, we're going to find out. Let's hear what they have to say. Precious Tam, thanks very much for, for being here. It's a, a, it's a really interesting topic because last, last podcast we had Lydia Moa mm-hmm. on. So what we'd like to do is really follow on from themes sort of, of within there. And I'm going to start off with you, Precious, just in terms of the Google startup Black Founders Fund. Mm-hmm. Could you give us a, a, a sort of, of outline of, of sort of how it started, how much you've raised so far mm-hmm. in terms of the commitments, the history, and also as well, sort of, of the aims and where you really want to get to with this. Yeah, so Google for Startups mm-hmm. is on a mission to level the playing field for founders uh, by giving them access to the best of Google's people, products, and best practices. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, in response to the global pandemic, where it was seen that Black-led businesses were struggling more so than other businesses, mm-hmm. And then in response to the murder of George Floyd, Google commit as part of Google's commitment to racial equity and inclusion, mm-hmm. Google um, decided to invest in black-led startups, providing mm-hmm. equity-free grants. So the first Black Founders Fund was actually in the US in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then in 2021, we then saw um, Brazil as well as Europe and Africa also deploying money into black-led funds. So I work on the side with Europe and Africa. Mm-hmm. Since 2021, we've deployed 30 million into over 180 plus. Mm-hmm. black-led startups and we've already seen them go on to raise over 250 million dollars in follow-on funding okay. where we're looking to get to really is just to share with the world number one that black founders are building excellent businesses mm-hmm. they traditionally found it more difficult to access venture capital funding mm-hmm. and so what we do is provide them number one with that access to the best of google's people products and best practices mm-hmm. to help them accelerate their businesses but that cash also helps people to see that they are backed by google they are mm-hmm. excellent businesses and to help improve the pipeline that VCs claim does not exist. Okay. And does Google actually help on in terms of the 
the VC pipeline itself in terms of direct contacts with that, sort of opening the doors. I know there's a cash element of it. Yes. But just thinking, obviously, Google is a very powerful name and it's got sort of obviously lots of contacts. Absolutely. So, so they're very, very helpful in terms of driving that forwards as well. So we do our best to connect founders with investors. Mm-hmm. Obviously, them being associated with us gives them a certain amount of legitimacy almost when mm-hmm. it comes to the introduction coming from Google. But also... It's been helpful for the founders, actually, particularly who are selling into large uh, corporates and other mm-hmm. businesses to be able to say, Google already trusts us. Yeah. Um, and so this is why you should trust us. Mm-hmm. Because the VC field is very much a relationship driven space. Yeah. And so actually part of that relationship building is just the brand and reputation of being backed by Google. And then the rest is, yeah, we do have investor contacts and we do our best to connect our founders with those people. Okay. All right. I, I want to actually come back to something just in terms of the VC. Yeah. Sort of a bit in a moment. But Tan, just in terms of reach, yeah. sort of, and again, could you give us a bit of background sort of reach sort of of what it's trying to do with the outdoor industry? And again, sort of of particularly targeting black, Asian, multi-ethnic sort of founders as well mm-hmm. and how you're helping and, and how you're helping to drive things forwards. Yeah, so we launched Reach last year in Mm -hmm. November and we are on a mission to work with black, Asian and multi-ethnic businesses in order to help them scale and grow by using the power of the public screen. But we also want to make sure that um, we enable major brands as well so that they can we can help them reach more diverse communities Mm -hmm. through kind of like inclusive and representative messaging, but also provide them with an opportunity to put customers first Mm -hmm. through data driven campaign planning. You know, we see massive opportunities with working with people like Precious because it opens uh, doors for us to reach different types of businesses that we may have overlooked in the past or that we mm-hmm. may not be, even be aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, these businesses are thriving. They're, you know, they're filling gaps. Mm-hmm. You know, they are uh, trailblazing in so many different ways. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure that, you know, we can work with those organizations, amplify them and make sure that they're filling that gap and, and raising awareness of these businesses to the audiences that need them. And mm-hmm. out of home is like inherently inclusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because of its inherent inclusivity, you know, we can build brand trust. You know, we are a broadcast medium. We can mm-hmm. get that message out there, harness that inherent inclusivity and use the power of the public screen to help them scale and grow. Mm-hmm. And actually, on, uh, sort of for both of you, actually, mm-hmm. I want to come out to this point and actually on both sides of the equation, mm-hmm. as it were. Sort of, of in terms of your funds, how well would you know, sort of, would you say that they're actually well known within the... The, the black and the Asian and the multi-ethnic sort mm-hmm. of community in terms mm-hmm. of people knowing, you know what, we need funds, we need startup, we, we should yeah. go to somebody like Google, we should go to somebody like a reach and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the equation, in terms of supply sort of, of, of that capital coming through, in terms of the venture capital firms uh, and sort of what's happening on that side as well. Mm-hmm. Again, are they sort of aware of these initiatives? Is there anything else that needs to be done? Or Yeah, so in terms of the Google for Startups Black Founders Fund Mm -hmm. and access to the startup ecosystem, I think we're very well known. And that is evidenced by the number of applications we get. So Mm -hmm. this year, we're looking to deploy another 4 million into the community and Mm -hmm. we will be announcing very soon who the recipients are. Mm -hmm. But we had 3,000 applications in Africa and we had 650 applications in Europe. Now, that is more than most other programs or um, actually venture capital funds get within a year. Mm -hmm. And so 
it is clear that startups particularly know that we are here, but also SMEs, companies that mm -hmm. may not necessarily be the right fit because we are looking for tech-driven businesses mm -hmm. are also looking to gain access to funding from us because fundamentally there is a lack of capital in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, as you were asking about VC funds in and of themselves, mm -hmm. globally the deployment of venture capital funding mm -hmm. has decreased. And that's because venture capital funding is linked to the broader capital markets. Yeah. And, you know, we are in a very sticky situation yeah. globally when it mm -hmm. comes to uh, capital in general. And so if we're already saying that black founders in particular, as well as women founders and other marginalized mm -hmm. groups are traditionally lacking fair access to funding, then we're seeing them feel that capital crunch more okay. so than other groups. And so whilst we are still championing and highlighting these businesses that are not only Black-led, but that are doing incredibly well in terms of their metrics, in terms of their sales, in terms of building innovative technology, mm -hmm. then we are doing our part by sharing it with, uh, you know, venture capital mm -hmm. funds, but they also have to play their part in looking at what we are showing them. Okay. Oh, and that's fair enough. And, and Tam, from your side? From my side, so JC Deco, obviously, with the world's largest out-of-home organisation. Yeah. In terms of the networks that we have, particularly here in the UK, our like stakeholders are our commercial partners, for example, like Network Rail. Um, we also have like the agencies that we work with, the mm -hmm. big network agencies, the independent agencies, um, as well as our direct clients and specialist partners. Mm -hmm. So because we have that infrastructure, that's how our business runs. These are our clients and these are our partners. I will go out and speak to all of them about the REACH program. So that's mm -hmm. how we raise awareness about, you know, um, the lucrative audiences that we provide as well, that it's not just a case of working with Black, Asian and multi-ethnic businesses. It's also showing why, you know, those sorts of businesses, those sorts of brands, those their clients should actually be targeting mm -hmm. these audiences as well, Black, Asian and multi-ethnic audiences, because they are lucrative. They are growing. You know, so that's what I do. I go out and speak to, you know, our partners to raise awareness about the REACH program, how we want to, you know, target these audiences, but also how we support these businesses as well. So that's how I raise awareness. But in terms of like the actual clients, as in my my direct mm -hmm. clients, mm -hmm. I want to work with people like Precious. We, you know, we, I've tapped into the Google ecosystem mm -hmm. so that we can raise awareness of how they can use out of home, offer masterclasses mm -hmm. with networks like Google for Startups, Black Founders Fund, like Minority Supply Development mm -hmm. UK. These are supplier ready ethnically owned businesses yeah you know and it's raising awareness and giving them the access the tools the knowledge the data the campaign planning to amplify their messages and help them reach their target audiences mm -hmm. and i think that's the other beautiful part because mm -hmm. for us as google for startups yes we're putting our founders in front of vcs but mm -hmm. fundamentally we want their businesses to succeed even if they don't have access to institutional funding yeah and so we're also looking at providing them with the opportunity to get the best access to legal support mm -hmm. the best access to advertising yeah. and showing our founders as well and providing them access to the other people within the ecosystem mm -hmm. that are providing support that are going to help them in their commercial journey is equally as important mm -hmm. as providing them two sources of capital because fundamentally if founders get access to capital and don't deploy it in the right spaces mm -hmm. and places it's going to impact their business negatively yeah and it's you know as you said the infrastructure is often as important Absolutely. logistics and everything like that Absolutely. so I mean, it is, you know, sort of, of talking about that in terms of the size of the market. I mean, we talked about it with Lydia in terms of the potential, mm -hmm. the huge opportunity that's been mm -hmm. that's been missed. It, again, just sort of of, and again, it's sort of following up just from the point sort of of, I guess, more on the funding side of things and so forth. Again, how much awareness is is there 
of the business opportunity out there? I think when we talk about black owned businesses in particular, mm-hmm. we're not saying that these businesses only serve black communities. Mm-hmm. So I think about founders like Josephine from Sojo, who's mm-hmm. actually created a business that does alterations and repairs to clothing. Mm-hmm. So that's actually looking at the circular economy, right? And making yeah. sure that people are keeping, um, people are not wasting clothing and are actually able to have clothes that fit them and uh, apply to their body shapes. Now that applies to everyone, mm-hmm. right? We have companies like the Moon Hub, um, who are actually providing a virtual reality training platform mm-hmm. for workplaces. And they have very large clients, such as working with, you know, some of the biggest names in tech, some of the biggest names in delivery. And so actually the business opportunity is the same as everywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. People want solutions to problems in today's world. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to demonstrate is that black founders are also building these businesses Mm -hmm. and are doing very well. Mm -hmm. But biases that exist within society mean that actually when these founders are coming with businesses that are doing better than their competitors, Mm -hmm. biases that mean that they won't necessarily speak the same way or even just look Mm -hmm. the same way as the person that they're talking to means that they may not get access to the funding even if they are performing better Mm -hmm. and you know you said it comes down i mean it's quite interesting comes down to an economic point yeah you know at the end of the day if you're providing capital what you actually want to do is you want to get the best return possible and you want to get the largest you you want to get the largest market that you absolutely can. I mean, it's perfect economic sense. Yeah, but the, the problem is the economy is run by people, mm-hmm. and people yeah. have their biases. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely not, you're absolutely right, Ian. If you think about um, audiences, we, I mean, we were talking earlier, Precious and I, about how you know large organisations like Specsavers, for example, they yeah. uh, they they have the largest market share you know, for glasses and for contact lenses, yeah. right? So, you know, with when you already have the largest market share, it's like, you know, it's it kind of can feel like it's job done. Yeah. But spec savers are amazing at working with, you know, inc- they're so inclusive. They're really good at reaching invisible audiences and making them feel seen, whether it's an older audience, for mm-hmm. example, or whether it's a disabled audience. So a really powerful campaign they have at the moment is called, um, well, what they say is, I don't go to spec savers. Spec savers comes to me. Right, okay. Yeah, so it's their home visits campaign and they do the research you know they go they speak to charities they speak to organizations that support these you know housebound audiences so that they can really understand what their challenges are and how spec savers can meet that challenge Mm -hmm. because ultimately you know this is another market that they can Mm -hmm. go into so now it's impact and purpose driven it's great for them socially but it's also really helpful to the bottom line yeah and that's what we're coming back to we're coming back to the economic factor and the Exactly. You know, what exactly. it means for companies in terms of their results. Absolutely. You know, no company wants to miss a, a market absolutely. that is a big market opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why the representation and, you know, making sure that your product portfolio is is representative and inclusive and caters for a variety of audiences. If you think about um, the Office for National Statistics, mm. when they launched, you know, the new census and that information, London is 62% minority ethnic. Mm-hmm. 62%. And everybody wants London, don't they? When yeah. I'm taking a brief, clients are always like, I'm like, which markets do you want to go into? And it's always London. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if 62% of London identifies as, as being an ethnic minority, well, you need to make sure that you're speaking to 62%, right? yeah. as well as the other 38%. Yeah, and I, I think it's like with anything. I mean, you yeah. know, media has to be, include all yeah. sort yeah. of population, whether it's yeah. London, whether it's, you yeah. know, the smaller towns and yeah, so forth. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's absolutely right. I mean, in terms of the market opportunities. Yeah. It's sort all of about out the there market. Are, yeah, potentially huge. Just want to come back. Actually, the sort of, of, there's a lot of funding going in. 
there's a lot of help going in, a lot of support coming in. Sort of, I know it, it's relatively early days in terms of how long this has been going on, but can you talk about some of the success stories they've actually had? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we have so many. <laughs> it's delightful. So um, I, I'm glad about that. Yeah. yeah. No, when we so when we as Google invest in startups, and um, particularly the Black Founders Fund, what we look at in particular is three things: increase in follow-on funding, yeah, increase in headcount, and increase in monthly recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. Because the philosophy there fundamentally is, if we want technology to work for everyone, it has to be built by everyone, mm-hmm. and a rising will lift all boats mm-hmm. and so if we're creating more jobs and we are putting more money into the economy mm-hmm. it will be better for everyone and so yes we've seen 20 uh you know 250 million plus raised in full-on funding mm-hmm. which is great for the startups because it means that they can increase their headcount mm-hmm. so we've seen the startups as a whole increase their headcount by I think it was 21% over the last two years. Okay. And that looks at that looks like around 250 jobs, right? Yeah. Across Europe and Africa. Then we've also seen when it comes to increase in monthly recurring revenue, an upshot of about 15% in an economic downturn. Mm. And so that's incredible to see for our founders. So proper success stories, I would say one of them is probably the founders that we got onto the Reach program. Mm. Okay. Because we now have four startups that are going to have out-of-home advertising to share their businesses with the rest of the world in different geographies. Mm-hmm. They would not have had access to that if they had not been part of Google for startups. Yeah. We're all media owners. You yeah. know, we are we compete against each other, obviously, but we also work together. You know, you know more than anybody else, Ian, the, like the power of the public screen, as it were, and yeah. how uh, the two-screen future, so whether it's TV screen and whether it's, you know, a digital screen, you know, a Google ad and whether it's an out-of-home ad, they're all working to amplify the message mm. and, and extend reach and amplify the metrics throughout the brand funnel. So we're really, you know, excited to work with Google, but we're also excited that some of the founders that won the out-of-home campaign will also be on ITV. Yeah. It's incredible. That's yeah. just so exciting. Yeah. And then we also, I mean, we have our internal Google success stories, right? Like when yeah. we connect our founders with access to the best of Google's people, that is access to expertise in tech, in mm-hmm. product, in human resources that they wouldn't be able to afford at that mm-hmm. very early stage. I mean, not many people can. Google, you know, is a good place to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we've seen, you know, uh, people who are heads of industry become advisors for mm-hmm. our startups and be able to open up doors. One of our startups in Amsterdam... Um, done an incredible job so we connected them with a mentor mm-hmm. um based in vienna i think he's in and he introduced the founder michael of la la land so okay. la la land ai is a startup that creates uh models mm-hmm. for uh, retailers using ai and the thing that it allows that to do so instead of setting up a photo shoot with five different diverse models mm-hmm. instead the, these models are ai generated and then you know levi's is one of their clients yeah. so michael was connected with a mentor at google who used to work at um one of the second largest um underwear retailers in europe okay they were connected together and now he has his biggest client ever and it's just these success stories where it's like Connections, relationships lead to commercial relationships, which lead to increase in revenue, Mm -hmm. which leads to better, you know, we can now see more diverse models when it comes to how we're shopping online because we need to. I'm very tall. Tan is a bit smaller. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to see what these clothes might look like. And then we have something like Sojo, which will help us alter our clothing. But yeah, those success stories of getting in big clients as a result of direct relationships with Google Mm -hmm. are a big win for us. And it's a compound effect as well. 
you you know, this is one of these sorts of things that as it gains more and more traction, yeah, and it comes back to the economic point before, you see more and more success stories coming in. Mm-hmm. You get more and more capital coming in Absolutely. simply because they will see actually there's yeah. a you know there is a big market opportunity sort yeah. of of here as well. Mm-hmm. So these things tend to sort of spiral yeah. and gain the life of their owners as well. So the people will be listening to this and thinking that's great. The next question they're going to have in their heads is, what do I do from a practical standpoint mm-hmm. in actually sort of to to get these things sort of off the ground? So for many of these companies, if they're thinking about okay, this is something really want to get into. You definitely see the need of it, but what do I do? What do I need to do next? What advice would you would you give them on that? So when we want at JC Deco, when we decided to create the Reach program, there was a lot mm-hmm. of like kind of brainstorming and thought that mm-hmm. went behind it. So our kind of USP is the fact that out of home is so inherently inclusive. Yeah. So naturally, you know, we have this canvas to reach multi-ethnic audiences to reach marginalized communities, diverse communities. So that's when we knew, you know, because we have this and because of what happened in 2020, similarly, what Precious was saying about lots of organizations were now saying, oh, you know, I want to, um, I want to be more active in the DE&I space, but I don't know how to do this. I'm scared to make a misstep. What can I do? I don't want it to be tokenistic. That's a problem, right? You know, that shouldn't stop organizations from advertising to these audiences or developing products or advertising in general. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to give, you know, those major brands the space to have this conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. in a safe space, say whatever you need to say, um, feel comfortable saying it, and we will help educate you and show you the power of the public screen because it is a Mm community-focused, you know, um, medium. The other side of it was the multi-ethnic businesses, you know, Mm -hmm. the Black Asian and multi-ethnic businesses. Where are they and how can we communicate with them? How can we make sure that we support them and help them scale and grow? Well, let's find the networks. Mm -hmm. Let's find the networks. Let's find the Google for Startups, Black Founders Fund. Let's find the Minority Supplier Development UK. Mm -hmm. Let's align ourselves with like, you know, the Black Talent Awards or the Asian Business Awards, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to find what it is that you can offer and then find the networks that want to work with you and that you can support and have a Mm -hmm. good kind of like symbiotic relationship with. That's how we did it. So, you know, find that person in your organization that can make it happen do you know what I mean? And make sure that yeah. you've got like a really robust pitch to do it because the reality is you will you will have a USP, yeah. you know, and you can you can definitely help somebody out there. You just need to align yourselves with the right networks. Okay. Absolutely. That's great. Similarly, I mean, to what Tan was saying, Google for Startups started deploying mm-hmm. equity-free funding into black-led startups mm-hmm. as part of its commitment to racial uh, diversity, mm-hmm. equity, and inclusion. And so to Tan's point, it's about living your values, mm-hmm. but then being able to demonstrate the business case mm-hmm. as well. And so when they were advocating for the Black Founders Fund, mm-hmm. it looked at number one, Google living the truth that it's so purported, but mm-hmm. number two, recognizing the economic impact that supporting these businesses would have, not only on those the Black community itself, mm-hmm. but the broader economy as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that business case and then being able to find an executive sponsor within the organization who can sell that in Mm -hmm. to leadership as Google living its uh, truth, but then also contributing to the economy Mm -hmm. is, is, is key. Because at the end of the day, yeah. when we're talking about large organizations, mm-hmm. you need to be able to make a, a business case. Yeah. CSR can only go so far. Yeah. 
No, 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 no. I think I think that's that's absolutely spot on, and it, it's the most persuasive case. Absolutely, yeah. money talks. Yeah, I just want to sort of uh, finish on um, sort of what you think, sort of in in terms of uh, both what Google's doing, and also as well in terms of of, of reach as well. Sort of, of what do you think big brands can actually take away? Because obviously we talked about you know, said ITVs sort of provide some advertising channel for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so so there are initiatives on the media side mm-hmm. and so forth. But but when it comes to sort of, I'd say, brands and companies in general, mm-hmm. what would you say if you were advise them and say, okay, this is what we're doing, this is what you need to do to sort of, of help in terms of drive success? So I think having met all of these wonderful um, ethnically owned businesses, whether a startup or whether quite an established business, Mm -hmm. they unashamedly live their values. Mm -hmm. Often what I found is they have met a need that wasn't met for them, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. for their ethnic group or for them as women or for them as an as older people or, you know, they're disabled, whatever it is, they are often filling a need or they're purpose driven or they're impact driven Mm -hmm. that they, they definitely have more of an alignment with certain ESG KPIs and goals. Mm. Um, And they are their own target audience. Yes. You know, and as a result of that, they really do the work in terms of understanding what it is that they need and how they can meet that need and exceed, Mm -hmm. do you mean, on expectations. And there's representation throughout the business, right? From the top, obviously, then being the owner, right through to R&D, right through to marketing. So there's diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, that's how they nail it. So every organization can do that. Yeah. That's my advice. You know, be representative of the audiences that you want to reach. Have them mm-hmm. brainstorming with you. Speak to your teams, as in speak to, you know, people that aren't even working in the marketing department. Mm-hmm. You know, to the Tesco Ramadan campaign that was on last year where the plates filled up on digital out-of-home screens when the sun went down, you know, during um, Iftar. That was fantastic because Tesco actually spoke to all of their teams. You know, and mm-hmm. not only did that mean that they got insights that they might not have known before, mm-hmm. but what it did was it really empowered their staff as well. So that's kind of how you nail it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how you really kind of like live your truth and live your values. Mm-hmm. So that would be my advice because, you know, there's absolute commercial and economic gains to be had more, you know, more empowered staff, more invested staff, as well as reaching these audiences as yeah. well and resonating. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing that I would add here is really about these founders again are building for us the startups are building businesses that meet very specific business needs Mm -hmm. so i think about founders building in hr Mm -hmm. i think about founders building in you know training and businesses have problems that they need to be solved so actually investing in innovation leads Mm -hmm. is a great way to bring in these founders because as tan is saying these people are solving problems that they have faced themselves Mm -hmm. and doing it better than any company could build Mm in-house and so actually going outside and looking at who can we partner with to solve a need when it comes to diversity to solve a need when it comes to more inclusive training practices to solve a need when it comes to um uh, you know, illustrating more diverse uh, models and faces and not only in the diversity space, right? But we have startups, I think about Robin AI that is build, has built a platform that helps SMEs draft contracts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they don't need to go and engage a lawyer for X amount of money. Actually, there is a startup that is solving the problem of drafting mm-hmm. legally binding contracts. Look for startups to solve your problems and then look at the makeup of those teams. Mm-hmm. Because if your values are supposed to be there, diversity your partners should also be diverse yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's an interesting point actually i mean it, it's 
And I guess in a way you could say it about brands generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That in terms of what they don't tend to do, they tend to be quite bureaucratic. Yes. yes. So they tend to look at, yeah, just a, a selection mm-hmm. rather than necessarily being a bit more nimble-thotted and thinking, okay, how can we, yeah, you know, how can we actually look at smaller suppliers Yeah. yeah to actually help with... Yes, with particular problems. And the best way to be nimble when you do have a big bureaucracy is to partner with smaller businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And And maybe that's, yeah, that's one of the key things that probably needs to happen with brands. Yeah, no, absolutely. The more open mindedness on that that front as well. So that is great. Precious Than, thank you very much for everything. That's been fantastic. Absolutely superb. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Oh, absolutely absolutely great. Thank you so much, Ian. If there's anything you would like to ask us or hear more about, you can find us on LinkedIn or check out the Digital Changemakers Hub. We hope you enjoyed listening. And wherever you get your podcasts, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share.